Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, book lovers. Want to hear a story? Welcome back to Storytime with M. This is the mini episode from M's Books and Cats podcast. You can listen to full-length episodes every Thursday where I talk about books and cats and other fun stuff. On Storytime with M, I am sharing my books with you, and right now we are reading Feelers. And this week is Chapter 12. Enjoy. It's dark now. I am still trapped in this soft prison, but the light faded and now is completely gone. I hate this. The space is too small. Even in the dark, it is unbearably confining. I scream. I claw the walls. Under the fluff is a strong, flexible wall. My fingernails glide harmlessly over the surface. There is no way out. I dream about the others. The children from my first home in Silent Trees. The ones from art therapy. The girls in the room. There is something very, very wrong with us. It has to be more than just feelings. Right? In one dream I see Mina. She is alive and well. Her smile glows vibrantly in the blue room. She is seated on the long silver sofa. Her tattoos glow under the deep blue light. She is waiting for me. Soon we will chat. I wake uneasy and try to find the meaning in my dreams. Not that I have any idea, really. How have I ended up here? I wonder if my parents knew this would happen. I guess even if they did, they wouldn't care. That's the whole point. That's what's wrong with me. Hiptiz couldn't fix it. A muffled sound stirs me from my thoughts and I listen intently. It's hard to make out, but it sounds like voices. Hey! I yell and throw myself at the wall. I feel my prison swing and I hear what sounds like a muffled curse. I keep yelling and throwing myself from wall to wall. Suddenly it feels like I am falling. My prison tumbles around me and I fall for what feels like ages. My body is bruised and aching when it finally stops. There is a new sensation now. The walls are vibrating. The fibers hum and the sound fills me. I feel the vibration from the inside and it makes me uncomfortable. The hum envelops me and I give in. I turn my focus to the sound and my eyelids grow heavy. I fall into a blissful sleep where I no longer feel the throbbing of my battered body. I wake when the vibration stops. The silence is sudden and all-encompassing. I try to sit up in my tiny prison, and my body cries out from all its bruised places. I listen hard for any sound, but the silence prevails. I am so focused on listening that the sudden metallic clash is deafening. I tense up, and my body screams in protest. Two loud thumps from outside precede the sudden appearance of a knife blade as it punctures my prison and light floods in. Two hands part the tear and I am blinded by a dazzling light. Hands lift me roughly from my cozy prison and into the freezing cold air. Put your feet down, a gruff voice says as they lower me down. My eyes are adjusting to the light. The room is white and lit with bright fluorescence overhead. The floor is littered with strange pods in varying colors. Green, blue, pink yellow, and red. The pods are shriveled and dry. All of them are intact except for the red one. That lays ripped open, fluff exposed, at my feet. 
A man and woman wearing black jumpsuits stand on either side of me, watching with matching expressions of feigned boredom, which seem to mask curiosity on the woman and barely disguise disgust on the man. More emotions. Not well hidden, either. Is it because I am a feeler that I can see these things? Are their barely believable expressions of disinterest really fooling others? I wait for them to speak. The man's expression makes me pause. I have the feeling he is waiting for a reason to hurt me. He is short and wide with very little to call a neck. His head is shaved with just a hint of dark stubble. Gold hoops adorn each ear, and I notice his left ear is mangled and torn, a recently healed injury. The woman is also short and wide. Her hips and bosom are testing the limits of her jumpsuit. Her head is also shaved. Her ears are perfect and lined with half a dozen small diamond earrings. She smiles at me. She is missing a few teeth. Hello, Jane. How are you feeling? She has a pen in her hand poised over a notebook. I stare at them. I form my words slowly as my brain struggles to remember how to speak. How long was I in my prison? Where am I? It takes an incredible amount of effort to form this sentence. The woman smiles widely and the man steps menacingly toward me. She holds out her hand to stop him. I'll ask the questions, Jane. You answer. She looks pointedly down at her blank paper and back up at me. I... I... I stutter. The words will not come. Tears fill my eyes and I rub my hands over them furiously. Emotions will not help me. They never have. The woman steps forward, handing her notebook over to her partner. She puts her arm around me and leads me to a long silver bench running along the wall behind me. We sit and she moves my head to rest on her shoulder. Shh, she whispers. It's all right. You're safe now. You're free. Her words make me sit up fast. My head swims and my body screams. I stare at her with wide, disbelieving eyes. What did you say? She said you're safe, says a familiar voice. A door has appeared in one wall and Neil stands in the opening, still wearing his white lab coat. You're in a place called Restish. Ever heard of it? The garbage dump? Neil laughed hard at this, and the sound made all three of us stare. Laughter is the old way, and pretty much outlawed. Only children and the mentally ill still laugh. The sound made my stomach turn, and my heart jumped into my throat. Sorry, I didn't mean to startle you, he said, wiping his eyes and settling himself. I just find the premise so funny. A garbage dump. Hilarious. He giggled and then collected himself. The garbage dump is a front. No one has produced garbage for decades, so no one ever comes out here. It's the perfect hiding spot. What exactly are you hiding? I asked, eyeing the strange pods and lingering on the remains of the one I had just escaped. You, Neil said earnestly, and the others. He gestured to the other pods. As requested, you're free. All of you. Even the new girl. Free. The word comes out in a whisper. I can't believe it. I can go home. Well, Neil says, drawing the word out a little too long. Not exactly free. They know you've escaped. Everyone in the city has been warned to report you if they see you. They know your faces. I stand, and the woman beside me jumps to her feet. Her hand hovers near the pocket of her jumpsuit. Neil raises his hand and motions for her to relax. He puts his hands on my shoulders and stares into my eyes. I don't like him touching me. Something is off. There is something very wrong with him. You're safe here, Jane. You have free run of the building. Just don't go outside. 
There's a bounty on your head, and they don't care if you come back alive or dead. His face looked apologetic, but I still didn't believe it. He squeezed my shoulders and turned to the surly man in the black jumpsuit. I have to go back soon. Awaken the others. Jane could use some company. He smiles at me, and I smile back while my insides recoil. They haven't figured out that I helped you escape. I have to keep up pretenses so I can save others. He added the last bit hurriedly as he stepped out into the hall, and the door slid shut behind him. Well now, the gruff man said, which of your friends would you like first? Gwen. Her name was out before I'd really thought about it. Green, the woman said, nodding to the shriveled gray-green pod. The man grinned at me and raised a long, sharp-looking knife overhead. Be careful! The image of him plunging it right through the pod and through Gwen made my heart race. I know what I'm doing, the man grumbled, but he brought the knife down gently and carefully pierced the withered skin. There was a puff of greenish dust as he punctured the pod, and more when he ripped the pod in half. Gwen lay curled up on what looked like a bed of bright green moss. Is she dead? I asked as the man lifted her lifeless form from the remains of the pod. It was already beginning to disintegrate. She's sleeping, the woman said. That's how this normally goes. You somehow woke up on your own. You're lucky we heard you screaming. The man grunted as he lay Gwen on the bench. Her skin was pale and she looked ill. Dark circles blemished the skin around her eyes. The man brushed his hands together dramatically, and the woman rolled her eyes. Aye there, a job well done. The woman nodded and wrote something in her notebook. She turned back to me. Can only do one at a time. We'll be back later when she's awake. Be careful when she wakes up. It doesn't always go well. They left the room quickly, and the woman's face betrayed her fear as the door closed behind them. I looked at Gwen's peaceful sleeping face. A strand of blonde hair lay over her eye, and I brushed it back gently. Her eyes popped open, but they were not Gwen's eyes. They were inky pools of darkness. She leapt on me and screamed like a wild animal. I fought her off, but she hopped up onto the bench and used it to launch herself at me again. She kept screaming. I sidestepped, and she fell on the floor and lay motionless. Gwen? I said tentatively. I kept my hands up, ready for the next attack. Gwen sat up and put her hand to her head. Her eyes were back to normal, and she recognized me. Jane? I knelt down and hugged her, and she started sobbing. It was so dark, she managed to say between the sobs. Her body shook and I held her for a long time. Eventually the tears stopped and she was able to sit up and talk. When I told her where we were, she wrinkled her nose. The garbage dump. It hasn't been used in decades. It's a good hiding place. I guess so, she replied, but she didn't look convinced. I'm sorry, Gwen. I asked them to do this. I asked Neil to help me escape, and I thought you would want to be free, too. I know, Jane. It's okay. You didn't know what you were asking. Before I could ask her what she meant, the door opened, and another familiar face greeted us. Cal grinned a wide, happy grin when he saw me, and hurried into the room. He wrapped his arms around me in a big embrace that lifted me off my feet. Jane, I'm so glad to see you free and safe. You... You knew about this, too? Of course. Neil and I have been working together this whole time, and it worked. It actually worked. He clapped his hands together in excitement, and I smiled at his show of joy. It felt strange to smile. Gwen wasn't smiling. She looked angry. Cal noticed, and his face went back to its usual grim expression. Gwen, right? I see you've just woken up. We'll need to run some tests on you both, make sure you're handling the transition. 
The short, angry man appeared in the doorway and strode over to Gwen. He wrapped his fat hands around her wrists and tried to lead her away. No. Gwen's voice was quiet but firm. She wrenched herself from the man's grasp and as quick as lightning struck him hard in the groin. When he doubled over in pain, she brought her elbow down on his neck, grabbed his head, and twisted it to one side. He collapsed to the floor. It all took a matter of seconds. Cal wrapped his arm around my neck and pulled me against him. He held something near my face, but I couldn't tell what it was. He was applying too much pressure and my air was being cut off. My lungs burned and my heart pounded in my ears. The edge of my vision was going black. Let her go. Gwen's voice was stern, but Cal laughed. No way. She asked for this. She wanted freedom. This isn't freedom. You don't get to decide, Cal growled. Move. Gwen's voice was in my head and I didn't question it. Cal's grip had loosened and his attention was on Gwen. I tried to drop to my knees, but Cal's grip tightened. He laughed and leaned in close to kiss the top of my head. You're not going anywhere, sweetheart. I pushed upward with all of my strength and felt my skull connect with his chin. There was a sickening crack and he let go. I threw myself forward, away from him, and Gwen caught me before I fell. Run, she said as I got my balance. Grab the pods. She easily lifted two of the pods, and I stooped to grab the last one, the pink one. I was shocked at how light it was. It practically floated along behind me as I ran through the door and into the bright white hallway. Gwen moved quickly and confidently through the maze of nondescript halls, and I struggled to keep up. My rosy-colored pod fluttered behind me like a flag. Finally, we stepped into the large glass entryway. She paused and looked around. She stood motionless and listened to the unsettling quiet. The ear-splitting shriek of a siren smashed the silence, and Gwen muttered a curse. Come on. She sprinted through the front door with the two pods tucked under her arms. I scrambled after her. The floor shook, and a metallic grinding sound announced the steel shutters descending from overhead. I dove for the open door and slid under just in time. The pod, however, was pinned under the door. I pulled with all my strength, but it remained wedged under the heavy steel. I tried to slip my fingers under the door, but the space was too small. I heard Gwen curse again, and she dropped to her knees beside me. She jammed her slender fingers under the door. With a cry of frustration, Gwen slammed her palms against the imposing metal. Fine, she said. There were tears in her eyes. She locked eyes with me and held up a knife. The long silver blade drew my attention. The handle was smooth and gray. It looked like stone, shaped and molded over centuries by the flow of water and time. I'm going to cut the end off. When I do, you have to run as fast as you can. Go toward the trees. We won't have much time. I nodded, swallowing down the lump of fear blocking my throat. Gwen tucked her pods under one arm. The other raised the knife and with a quick motion severed the pod, and it was free. I ran. I could feel Gwen close behind me, pushing me on faster. My calves burned and my lungs begged for air. The pod was changing in my hands. It was growing heavier and harder to hold. The weight shifted inside the pod as I ran, and clear goo oozed out of the damaged end. Don't let it fall. Tip it up, Gwen screamed at me. I righted the pod and the weight fell into the intact end. A trail of the ooze ran down the outside of the pod and trickled over my hand. The skin tingled where it touched. It was not an entirely pleasant feeling, but it was a distraction from my body which was crying out for rest. We dodged around mounds of ancient trash, half reclaimed by the earth, and jumped over rusty debris. Upon cresting the top of a large mountain of garbage, we saw the fence. It was made of entwined metal, rusty and weak-looking, 
and topped with rows of sharp razor wire. That part looked shiny and fairly new. Someone had replaced it in the past few years. Gwen screamed in rage and turned right. She sprinted away and I scrambled after her. My arms were burning from holding the pod. The weight continued to grow and I hugged it to my body as I ran. She stopped when she found an opening in the fence. It was small and the edges of the hole were jagged where someone had cut their way through. She turned her hard gray stare on me. This way. Be very careful. And be quick. It's getting heavy, I gasped. Gwen was through the fence and moving into the thick brush and tall grass on the other side. She held her pods aloft with ease. Hers were not getting any heavier. I hugged the pod tighter to my chest as I squeezed through the opening. My heart stopped momentarily when the pod snagged on a sharp wire hook. I gently unsnagged the pod, and then we were free. Something was forming inside the pod. It was no longer just filled with liquid. Something solid was taking shape inside, and the pod was becoming too heavy to carry. I was forced to drag it behind me. I held close to the open end, but tried to avoid touching any more of the goo. My skin no longer tingled, but now it felt kind of numb. Gwen was waiting for me on the edge of the forest. Her pods were gone. She held her arms out for my burden, and I sighed as the weight lifted. She did her best to carry the pod, but she ended up dragging it behind her as well. I followed her through the trees, along a path only she could see, to a clearing. There was a large boulder surrounded by smaller, flatter stones centered in a ring of evergreens. The other pods were already there. Each one was propped up against the large boulder, with one end of the pod resting on a flat stone. She dragged the mangled pod to another flat stone. Help me, she said with her stony gaze not quite meeting my eye. As I stepped near the boulder, I felt a vibration, a hum in the air. It felt like power, like magic. I helped Gwen hoist the intact end of the pod upright and leaned it against the boulder. The open end glued itself to the flat stone with a surge of clear goo that oozed out as we set the pod in place. When it was done, Gwen stood for a moment, looking up at the boulder and resting a hand on its smooth surface. What now? I asked. Gwen seemed to slowly break from a trance. She looked at me with cloudy recognition and shook her head a little. Now we wait, she sighed, and sat down on the exposed roots of a nearby pine. She motioned for me to do the same. I don't know how long this will take. I hope everything is okay. The look of worry on her face made my stomach twist into knots. What is this place? I asked after another long silence. It's the beginning and the end, was Gwen's slow reply. My confusion must have been apparent on my face because she sighed again and shook her head. She adjusted herself on the roots to get more comfortable and leaned back, cradled by the tree. She put her hands behind her head as she reclined. You'll see soon enough. And that is the end of Chapter 12, book lovers. Thank you so much for listening to Storytime with M. I hope you're enjoying Feelers. If you haven't had a chance yet, please go over to iTunes and rate the podcast five stars, and uh, leave me a comment. I would love some comments. And I will be back next week with another chapter of Feelers. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, keep reading.